0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the show. Thank you for calling in. My name is Kenny Long. The name of the show is Trucking with Authority, and it is exactly as the name sounds, how to go about getting your authority and the tools that come along with it, how you use them. Um, First and foremost, I need to thank Kevin Rutherford and Lisa for the opportunity to be on the air with you guys tonight. Uh, I've been in the industry for nearly two decades behind the wheel myself. I grew up with it. I've been around it. And there is no time in my experience like right now to be under your own authority. There are so many opportunities. It's just unbelievable. If I had to summarize everything with just one word, it would be wow, because there's so much going on out there. With all the talk lately with the Facebook pages, with the other podcasts going on, and on Kevin's show, there's so much talk about the rates, the lanes, the negotiation, brokers, and there are some opportunities to use some of that information if you're leased to a carrier, but the world is your oyster if you have your own authority right now. But I will admit that having your own authority comes with its own little bag of tricks, and you need to know those. Some are good, some are bad. So uh, the show tonight is about making the decision to take the lead, going for it, possibly starting from a company driver going into your own authority, or if you're leased to someone now, leased to a carrier, if you want to take that step, and to dispel a lot of the rumors, because I even read in some of the major publications just some of the most outlandish things about having your own authority and what it means, what it's about. And I want to try to get through all of that and make educated decisions on how to take the next step to be better, to make your business grow, to take advantage of all the opportunities that are out there. Obviously, uh, you need to be able to uh, negotiate and dispatch yourself to take advantage of all the extremely good rates that we've seen this year. As I said, you can take care of all that sometimes if you're leased to a carrier. and it comes down to what is best for your business. So to start out with, I was reading an article today on Overdrive Magazine. This is one of the major publications that we've all seen. And they did a poll, and it came back with some just a, a few different questions. But 61% said that it is not a good time to get your authority. And I find that laughable. The biggest reason, 48% said, is because regulations and structural conditions in the industry make it difficult to achieve profitability. I'll tell you what, nothing is further from the truth. If anything, that is the reason to get your authority right now. Uh, Kevin has talked about it on his show before, about uh, carriers that are going through lawsuits, uh, taking moves on only hiring outside other carriers rather than uh, leasing on individual trucks. So even if you have your own authority, you may still work for one independent carrier, but it still gives you a lot more flexibility and freedom. Some of the things we want to discuss today is how to avoid some of the scams that are out there. And I'll tell you, there are a lot of them with all the companies that will help you get set up or claim to help you get set up to speed the process or whatever promises they have out there. And the the fees they charge in some of these situations are just unbelievable. So I wanted to start out by talking about just the benefits of having your own authority because I'm sure there's some listeners right now that you may be a company driver. Well, to be honest, you may never even set foot in a truck before at all. And that's one of the first uh, rumors that I'd like to dispel. There is no requirement for any type of training, for any prerequisites, other than you need to pass a, a simple driver's test. There's no driver's school required. There's nothing. Theoretically, you could go out, buy a truck today, this afternoon, and be working with it by the end of the month. And the only wait is just paperwork shuffling uh, with the FMCSA. Hopefully, if you're ready to take the step into getting your own authority, you have a little bit more experience than that. And hopefully, you're either a company driver that's really done your homework or you've been leased to a carrier and you know what you're stepping into. So if you're at that level, I'd like to start out by talking about the benefits of actually being leased to a carrier first. I know this is about trucking with your authority, but there are a lot of benefits to being leased to a carrier that I wanted to cover that, you know, being leased to a, uh, or having your own authority rather is a lot to, to handle. So, Benefits of being leased to a carrier is, first of all, the biggest one is the financial backing of the carrier. Some of the biggest carriers out there, millions of dollars behind you. They have the fleet behind you. They have the purchasing power of the fleet behind you. They have the, the money behind them that you don't have to worry about factoring companies. You don't have to worry about whether or not you get paid. This is You get paid every week or every two weeks, however your contract reads, and you work for that carrier, contracted to that carrier. You work with them, and that's it. That's your only responsibility is to that carrier. The other thing with not being leased to a carrier is a consistent freight. In a lot of cases, they have their own load boards, their own agents, their own brokers, and some of the things that they can do is, with no hassle, simple, right off the bat, is uh, just call up. Click the link on the load board or talk to the agent, and that load is yours. You know, hassle free, haggle, and, and negotiation free in a lot of cases. They also have huge compliance services. They have offices full of people just dealing with logs, permitting, individual states that we might get into later. Uh, Hazmat is very difficult if you have your own authority, and if that's your niche, you may consider trying to do that through a- another carrier. And of course, they handle all the billing and invoicing and the collections. It doesn't matter also, you know, as I said, you work for that carrier. They pay you every week. It's a non-recourse type of deal. You don't have to worry about if the shipper doesn't pay. You know, The carrier signs a contract with you as well. It's a two-way street. They have to pay you. The cons are, even though it's a pro that they have their own freight, that's a huge con in my opinion. There are some of the biggest carriers out there that have trucks leased under them, they've got freight going everywhere, but they don't have freight coming back every time. So you may be able to cut your deadhead down by switching to your own authority. And of course, the big one, the biggest one, the number one thing that everybody says every single time if they want to get their own authority is they want 100% of the growths. And there's a little bit of truth to that, 100% of the growths. Uh, but it's not that easy all the time. So what are the benefits of actually taking the leap and getting your own authority? First of all is the freedom. I know there's a huge carrier out there that talks about the freedom that you get if you lease onto them, and that's true. I've worked with that carrier before, and they're great. But the freedom of having your own authority, night and day. So the next one is you're not tied to that little bit of freight that the carrier has, even if they have freight going everywhere, the little bit of freight. You can work with multiple customers. Wherever you're at, you can call the carrier that you're working with now. You can call them, but you can call the guy next door as well. See, that opens up a window of opportunities that you don't have if you're tied to one carrier. biggest thing, in my opinion, is you can work with direct customers. I've had a lot of talk about this. I get a lot of, of backlash from this as well because uh, our other shows talk a lot about working with brokers and, and that type of negotiation, but having your own authority and years past, the main reason you get your own authority was to work with direct customers. Working with a broker was for backhauls. That's That dynamic is shifting, but it's still there. And working with direct customers is a huge, huge benefit. But there's a lot of sales involved there. It's a lot more work. It's a lo- I mean, unbelievable amount of work can go into that. And that's where if you're leased to a carrier, you may not realize how much work is behind all the people that have found you your freight or for that matter what the brokers are doing to find your freight. But of course, the biggest thing going back to freedom is you call the shots. You go where you go, you dispatch yourself, uh, there are some carriers that help you do that, work with different brokers and so forth. But this is completely new. Of course, the downside to having your own authority is you fund yourself. Uh, you have no financial backing of the big guy behind you. And a huge one for me is the paperwork involved. There is so much paperwork that it's unbelievable. And I'm not saying it's not controllable. If you get a system and you get a handle on it, it's great. But the paperwork can make or break you. Uh, And all the compliance with the paperwork, keeping track of your logs. You don't have a log department to submit your logs to anymore. Keeping track of all your logs and up on the rules and regulations, that's all on you now. And, of course, all the individual states, in some cases, have their own little rules. I can talk all all night, all day. I could talk into tomorrow about how to set up on the federal level but there's not enough time this month to talk about every individual state. I'll tell you, there's a lot. Um, and of course, the, another huge one is the costs of having your own authority are exponential. So if you have your own authority or if you're ready to get your own authority, I'd like to hear from you tonight. Go ahead and press 1. I've already got some callers already on queue here. Um, and I, I'm going to go on a little bit further and talk about the basic procedure of getting set up and I already mentioned avoiding some of the scams in that process. And some of the companies that are out there that will tell you that they can set your authority up and they'll do all the, you know, the applications for you, they'll handle everything. Well, let me tell you what, what they're going to do is they're going to send you either all the applications or they're going to send you a power of attorney all of the information they need, you're going to have to put on this anyway. So in my opinion, why not just put it right on the application and turn it in? Granted, at least if you do go through a company, they may be there if you have an issue and you need help later on. I've talked to people that when they went through their safety audit, they had some some minor details that weren't correct in their application process. Uh, and the company that they hired to work with them uh, stood behind them and, and helped them fix it, but it was really just a clerical error. There's nothing you couldn't handle on your own. And I think one of the big myths out there is that it's really difficult to go through this. I already mentioned you could buy a truck today, get your license this afternoon, and fill out the application for your own authority and be running by the end of this month. The application process is $300. That's it. Uh, some of these companies out here, I, I, Did a quick Google search just prepping for the show tonight. Some of these companies, they charge several thousand dollars for some of the different packages they have. Ultimately, all they're doing is filling out this application and paying this $300 fee for you. All you have to do to get started, really, is go to the FMCSA website, www.fmcsa.dot.gov. You'll find a link in there to apply for your own authority. It's really simple walkthrough. Uh, I actually went through the process today, and I think if I had to go through the whole thing right now, I could probably set somebody up within half an hour for all the basic paperwork they need to do to get set up. It would take you longer than that to fill out the forms, to send in to a third party, answer all the questions on the phone, mail everything back and forth, fax everything, the wait time. I think it would be easier, honestly, just to go right to the FMCSA and get it done. But it is your prerogative. You can do it however you want to. There's, as I said, there are benefits to doing it through another company. Uh, The first thing you do is you need a U.S. DOT number. Depending on what your operation will be, if you're intra-state, in other words, hauling within one state, picking up and delivering in the same state, uh, you probably only need a DOT number. In fact, some states you don't even require that. You may only need to register with your individual state. 33 states, I believe it is, that require just a DOT number, and that's it. So you fill out your deal, your application for DLT DOT number. It's actually a free application to get your DOT number. Uh, they ask for a credit card just for identity verification purposes, but that's about it. Um, after that, you complete your MCS... I- I'm sorry... You complete your MCS-150 form to get your DOT number, and then you complete your OP-1, which is your operating authority, to get your MC number. Uh, The application fee for that is $300, one time only, done deal. Uh, There'll be two types of authority that they ask you for, contract and common. You can apply for one or the other or both of those for the $300. Uh, It's advisable just to go ahead and Just do both of those. Contract authority is if you plan on working directly with with a shipper under a contract. And, of course, common authority is more the spot market type operation. But for $300, you can have both of those. One or the other or both for $300. FMCSA is looking for, and the only thing that will hold up your application from getting approved is insurance. That will be your first, probably your first two years will be your most expensive years, your most expensive upfront cost. If you're considering this, you should probably start calling around and getting quotes on insurance first. That's your number one thing. I see how you have a call in here asking
1: about insurance. Um,
0: After that, you need process agents, which basically means you need somebody in every state that you travel through that can collect paperwork on your behalf. Uh, there are companies out there that can do that for a one-time fee for, uh, some of them are just $20. There are some organizations that you may already be in, such as OIDA or NASTIC. They have, as just part of their membership, they will do this for you. Uh, but the BOC-3 is what that's called, process agents. And then the other requirement is the drug consortium. You need to be in a group of people that randomly test for drugs and alcohol for a DOT requirements. Uh, that can be anywhere from, in fact, I know one person that's in one that's, that's actually free. You have to charge per test, but being in the group is free. Some of them may charge $100 a year, and then the, the test may be free or maybe a minimal fee. Uh, then you need to register also. And I'm sorry, I'm kind of rambling here, but this is the part where I said there's a lot of paperwork. There's a lot of individual organizations that you have to go to, but the UCR, the Unified Carrier Registration, a seventy-six dollar fee. So so far, insurance is your cost, but you got three hundred dollars for your federal filing, your insurance, your process agents, whatever your drug consortium will cost you. UCR for seventy-six dollars, and then there are four states that require you to register with them so that they can handle. They have a highway use tax, kind of a state level of your twenty-two ninety. Those are New York, Kentucky, New Mexico, and Oregon. And, again, all of those, uh, 30 minutes, I could register you with FMCSA and all those states. Set up your accounts, and it's it's simple and easy. Every quarter you have to file with those, and, again, it's all online. It's simple and easy. There are a, a, a few states that, um, well, all of those states are, are online, but there are a few states out there individually that haven't gotten to the uh, Internet yet. Not sure what's going on that with that, but... Um, and. For the federal level, interstate work, that's about it, uh, that, and you're set up. And it took me 18 minutes to explain it. If I was doing it for you, I would be just about done with the application, I think. So
1: I'm going to go ahead with uh, Jack in
0: Oregon, and he wants to know uh, how difficult it is to get insurance. Jack, are you there?
2: Yes, I'm here, uh, Kenny. Uh, i got to say, I'm thrilled to pieces that you're doing this show uh, I met you at the CMC, and I don't think there's anybody better qualified uh, to talk about these issues than you because you're out there in the field doing it every day. So I really appreciate you, and I appreciate uh, you uh, taking the time to do the show. Uh, I'm actually uh, going out on my own next week, and uh, one of the biggest hurdles I have is uh, trying to get in- insurance uh, for my wife and I to drive the truck. Um, there's, it's kind of a scam. I'm getting prices all over the place I'm getting A-rate insurance companies and regular insurance companies and everybody's got a different idea in terms of what my limits should be. So I was hoping you could maybe uh, tell me what kind of insurance I need and maybe recommend a a uh, an uh, insurance company or two that uh, would be the right one to go
0: with. Okay. Uh, what state are you domiciled out of? Your company registered in your truck? Uh, I'm I'm basically. actually
2: a registered out of the state of Utah.
0: Utah. Okay. That's right. I remember, uh, I remember your story now. Um, okay. Uh, well, I would recommend, especially considering I know what, what direction you're headed with your company, um, you want to look for B plus or better rated companies, preferably an A rated company. There are some companies out there that are not rated at all. Um, if they're either not rated or if they have a less than B plus, there are a lot of companies that will not work with you. Uh, direct shippers possibly will not work with you, and there are a lot of brokers. Um, if you don't have at least a B-plus rating, AM Best rating, a lot of brokers will not work with you. Uh, and if you're not rated at all, uh, one of the biggest brokers will not work with you. Uh, as for where to turn to get it, uh, the first thing you need to do, and, and the reason I ask what state you're in is, the state has the biggest, absolute biggest, uh, and of course your driving record, has yep. the biggest impact on your rates. Um, I would call some national level brokers, uh, first of all, such as Nastic, um, who work with mul- multiple different companies and get quotes from national level insurance carriers. And then I would call at least three uh, local insurance agents that work with uh, insurance companies that will work out of your state. Uh, Not every insurance company can write a policy in every state, so that's why you want to deal with local people if possible, or the national level companies that deal with multiple insurance companies. I actually, when when I went through this, I was getting different quotes through the same companies. The same insurance company was quoting me different numbers just through different brokers. So I had to go through yeah. and find out why. And it was because, at, you know, we're dealing with commercial insurance and they have some give and take. And, and the right agent can negotiate the right price directly with the underwriter in some cases. You don't want to deal with just an agent that just mans the desk and answers phones. You want to get out there and a reputable reputable company that can uh, negotiate the rate for you.
2: Yeah. Now, the other Uh, thing, too, is I I understand that Landstar wants A-rated insurance, and I found out that OOIDA is not A-rated. So in the case of Landstar, Landstar would not take OOIDA uh, insurance. Does that sound right to you?
0: That is correct. Yes, uh, okay. and there's there's more to it than that. Uh, there's uh, there's some lawsuits involved in that, and uh, just the organization in, in general. But even before some of the lawsuits, they did not accept their insurance just because they're not A-rated. But yeah, you're you're correct on that. Again, uh, and Landstar, I believe. Now, here's the thing, uh, and I'm giving advice, and don't. You know, don't ever hold me to this stuff, but this just advice something to think about and, and look at.
2: I, uh, I, uh, Land, I promise Landstar, not to come back and sue
0: you. <laughs> Landstar, um, and you'll check with them, it's a plus cluster better rating last time I checked, and that's only for their liability coverage. So you might be able to get your liability coverage through uh, a different company and then maybe your cargo coverage through OIDA, something you might consider if it cuts, cuts your costs. Um, and that could work through uh, a few different angles. Okay. Does that answer your question?
2: It sure does. Thanks very much, Kenny, and uh, best of luck with the show.
0: All right. Thank you, Jack. Let's go to Kathy in North Carolina.
1: Kathy, are you there? Hello, Kathy. Okay, looks like we're gonna put Cassie back on hold. Uh, Matt, good, good afternoon, are you there. Kenny. Yeah. Hey, Matt,
3: how are you? Good. Calling from Oregon today,
0: and uh, in your open, you I saw the uh, picture. So like you're having a great time out there. yep
3: i'm at soccer central here (laughs) yeah having a good time getting to see the mountains so but uh in your open you mentioned about uh you know being leased to a carrier and then moving up to your own authority and i was just going to share my story that i was leased onto a carrier and this was way back in the kind of wild west days when Everybody just did what they wanted to do and worried about the paperwork later, but they actually ended up uh, getting their authority suspended. So all of us that were leased out of the company went out and got our own, and the company kept running, and we kept our own authority with a higher percentage, but to this day, I've never left the company. So I still run on my own authority, pulling a company trailer,
0: but... Still do all my work for one carrier. And okay, I know that and so the carrier now the carrier that. has their their brokerage authority. I'm assuming you're working through them as a broker. Yeah,
3: yeah they went out and got their brokerage authority. They do nowadays. Okay. They're back. You know, people leasing onto them and all that. But a few of us that have been around for the decade or so that have been there that still have our own authority. But it um it is an opportunity that's out there if you can afford to go get the insurance, it's kind of a way you can have that in between being completely on your own and maybe being leased on to somebody? Absolutely. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, it's uh, done really well for me. Um I say I mean I do all the paperwork as far as, as far as my authority is concerned, but yet I only have one customer that does all the paperwork. I don't do any billing, I don't do anything.
0: So it, and it sounds J. like you B. have a pretty Hunt. good relationship with them. So you you know it's yeah. it's pretty straightforward with what you have to do.
3: Yep. I know JB Hunt and, has that same program. Um a lot of other carriers are looking into it. Not everybody has it, but it it is a very viable option out there.
0: I think it's a great idea. In fact, um I am on the uh level of keeping the customer base smaller, be it brokers or direct customers, and building the relationship with them. Uh, I typically, the majority of my work comes from two major brokers. Um, And that's the way I like it. Uh, I've talked to other people that, you know, they want every broker that's on the load board, they want to be approved with them right off the bat. And they'll go through and they'll work with a different broker every day. They may not work with the same broker twice in one year. And that's fine if it works for you. But like you said, it does simplify things and you build a relationship. If you just keep it simple, work with just the one. And if you can do that, you know, you have more flexibility there uh, working with rates or, you know, this has been a great year for, you know, the rates have been great. The freight, you know, the load to truck ratios have been in our favor as carriers. And that could turn. And if you have a relationship with a carrier, you know, that or a broker, actually, like you do, uh, when things turn, you're the go-to guy. So that, you know, it, it'll pay off big in the end to keep that. I think it's it's a great business model to have. Oh well, yeah, I mean, you know, there's,
3: i <laughs> use one of Kevin's terms, there's a thousand ways to skin a cat, you know. There's the group of people that will tell us, you know, having all of our eggs in one basket by me having one customer. Yes, there is a right. risk there. I mean, I got one customer I got to worry about going out of business. But it, it, everybody's got their own opinion, their own kind of, um, you know, however they feel comfortable. And there's no right or wrong way to doing it out here at all. It all works. You got to just figure your own little niche.
0: Right. Yeah, I think it's a, a great idea. Um, and I, you know, that's, I don't, I probably don't have the relationship with the companies I work with like you do, but I do keep it smaller just because it does keep things more simple for me. So, yeah, it's, it's not bad. And, you know, it's, like I said before, if you're leased to that carrier and, you know, you don't have the, the freight coming out of a certain area, you don't have a choice. You're dead ending out at least in your situation, if you had to, if you got into, I know you come to Florida a lot, you know, you yeah. could possibly find something with another broker or another, another carrier uh, oh, that has something exactly. coming out. You're never going to get stuck. So yeah, it's an ex- I, excellent situation to be in. I've done that
3: several times at you know, slow times of the year when things aren't that busy, I can, I can go out and haul a different load on my own and don't have to worry about any paperwork or changing lettering on the side of my truck. Cause I'm all running on my own. So I can go rent any trailer or I pull a reaper, and I've had that situation with the relationship with the carrier that they'll just let me use the trailer and I'll give them 10% of the rate or whatever and go for my own load and keep myself busy. So it depends on the relationship, but they're like I say in my situation works great and I'm not saying you're going to call up carriers and find that if that's what you're looking for, but majority of them are probably going to say, no, they don't do that, but there are more and more every year doing that. So.
0: Yeah, I think it's a good idea. And, you know, Kevin kind of talked about this uh, the other day on, on his show, uh, how with the legal issues that have come in down lately and the judgments against carriers and the, you know, leased trucks or, you know, the, the courts are saying that they're actually employees, well, that's, you know, if you have your own authority, that creates that wall of separation. So you can still basically work in the same uh, capacity as as you were if you were leased to them. But, you know, it's better for the carrier and it's better for you. So that's a great way to
3: go. Alrighty, Well, I see you got some other calls coming in. So I'll
0: let you uh, right. move on down the line and good luck with the show. All right. Thanks, Matt. Let's go back and try Kathy again. Uh, Kathy, are you there?
4: Yeah, hey, I'm here.
0: Okay. Can you um,
1: hear me? What can I do for you? I can hear you. Okay.
4: I was just wondering, Um, uh, I've had an opportunity to get customers, but uh, companies that I'm leased on today have a really bad CSA score. They do okay. have the, the hazmat insurance, so, you know, I like that because I don't have to take that hazmat insurance, but... My question is, if I was to get my own authority, which is worse, to have a brand-new authority or to have a bad, you know, a 25-year-old authority with a bad CSA score? Or to have a brand-new authority with a, with a perfect CSA score? And then the has been insurance. Is it affordable or
0: is, do you
1: know anything about it?
0: How bad is bad? Uh, have you had issues getting freight under that CSA score, under that carrier?
4: I've had trouble getting brokered loads with that CSA they in the 90s. And um, customers, yeah, they're like, no, I'm no,
0: sorry. <laughs> it's too high. Okay. If, it, if it's bad enough that brokers are taking notice, then I'm going to point you in the direction of it. It may be better for you to get your own authority. Uh, and most of the bigger brokers will work with you right off the bat. Um, and really, most of the smaller ones will work with you right off the bat if they need you bad enough. Uh, some do have stipulations on time frames uh, some some 30 days some uh, 6 months some a year uh, and some want your uh, initial safety audit completed and that's something I haven't really talked about just yet but um, you know typically you know I have never you know it's rare that you're going to you won't be able to find freight uh, through brokers because you're a new company you know especially if doing everything right yeah but my,
4: my question is more um, for direct customers what they frown on it is that your uh, authority have to be a certain age for them
0: to you think about
4: hiring you as a direct shipper
0: no no in fact oh, okay. uh, you know they can hire you on day one um, you could get your authority specifically to service a customer you could start doing your sales calls now and that's something that um, you know I might talk about on another show if we get that far uh, but uh, um you can start doing sales calls now. Uh, when you go into okay. shippers and receivers start getting their information and from day 1 you can hit the ground running uh with with those shippers. Now be careful because you don't want to violate any uh, contract agreements, any no compete agreements, anything like that. You can't solicit customers that you're, you know, that through the company that you're working for now. In other words, you have to be careful of that. But you might be able to get some connections there. And you could definitely okay. start right off the bat.
4: Okay. <laughs> and then what about the hazmat?
0: Now, hazmat is a tricky one because when you're a new company, insurance companies already hate you, okay? They're going to ask you to pay, you know, they're going to, when you ask them for a quote, first thing they're going to ask you is how much do you have, okay? Because it's it gets expensive the first couple of years. Um, hazmat turns that equation, you know, exponentially worse Uh, depending on the type of hazmat, whereas for general commodities, general freight, the the law says you need to have $750,000 of liability insurance Uh, because if you're hauling, you know, a a truckload of, you know, styrofoam, it's not going to cause any damage if you get in an accident. Now, if you're hauling, you know, explosives and the damage that could be caused by your load is you know, you can't even explain it, right? And neither can your insurance. That's why they won't be able to explain to you why your rates are so high. Uh, (laughs) um, The first year, until you have an established safety score, now I'm not saying it's impossible, and and if that's your your niche, then it's absolutely doable. Um, But I would say that if you don't have uh, regular hazmat freight being, uh, and you'd have to run the numbers on your own quotes, but Typically, you won't have enough hazmat freight to justify the extra cost of the insurance in the first couple of years. Um, and, it, again, unless, you know, I, I have uh, some people I've been working with that do DOD loads under their own authority, and, you know, that is their only customer. So, of course, they need to have that. And because that is their only customer and they can specify exactly what kind of hazmat they do – they can get a break on their insurance, um, so it really depends on your situation. So, I, you know, the first thing, like I was telling Jack, what you what you need to do is uh, start calling before you even apply for your for your authority. Start calling around and getting some quotes. Tell them you're interested in the hazmat. Tell, ask them what they tell you. You know, your state has a lot to do with it. Uh, your driving record has a lot to do with it. Um, at the time, even though you starting a new business technically when you when you get your own authority the time you've been in business leased to another carrier will have uh, an impact on your current uh insurance quotes
1: okay so all that, of that I into would,
0: effect i would get some insurance quotes and see where you go from there
4: okay and i was and we're allowed to run we're allowed to run on our own authority and still be leased onto them so could you have your own authority and use your your MC and your CSA score and then still run under their insurance and and have the hazmat no. insurance. Maybe I should call them and ask them.
0: No, um and it's not on them. It's on it's the the uh federal rules, the FMCSA rules. The way that works is um really what My the insurance. motor carrier authority yeah what it really is uh is you have to certify to the government that you're qualified to haul this freight and for the safety of the people that you're gonna encounter on the way, on the roads and and so forth, right? So what you're what they're yeah. really looking for, their number one thing is, and of course that's why they always talk about safety, right? But their number one thing is they want to make sure you have insurance. So you have to have insurance. Your insurance company is going to have to submit on your behalf for your MC number. They'll have to submit uh I don't remember the form. It's MC90 or MCX90, something like that. Uh, They have to submit that on your behalf to FMCSA for you to become qualified and for your numbers to become active. So you wouldn't be able to run under somebody else's insurance.
4: Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your help.
0: All right, Kathy. Thank you. Let's go to Scott in Illinois. Scott, are you there?
2: Hi, Kenny. How are you doing tonight?
0: Good, Scott. How are you doing?
2: Good, actually, I'm in Texas. Oh, okay. As far as the insurance, we actually got into kind of a thing last year when we started out is we were hauling a lot of copper out of the mines in Arizona. We had to up our cargo insurance because of the hijack risk. And the company that we got with, it actually lowered, it lowered our insurance rate for our cargo. Which okay. I thought it was kind of strange. But who am I it's to say no to, to, the to a industry. But, you know, as far as anybody thinking of doing this, I was an owner operator, lease on from 97 to 2010. And I found that with some of the companies, especially the first one we started out with and I bought the truck from, is once I took their name off the door and replaced it with my name and theirs. All of a sudden, the freight I was hauling was no longer available, and I was told that there is company freight, there is owner-operator freight. So some people, if they're thinking about doing that, going to the company, need to uh, watch that. You were right as far as getting out but some of these places are real easy to get a load out, and coming back, that was the trick. But right. we got our own authority, and this has opened unbelievable chances for us.
1: Yeah, and you know, going off what you, you said, you know,
0: it, it changes who your competition is. If you're working, you know, at least to a company that has company trucks, the company trucks are competition, but when you're on your own, you're competing with a different group now. So, yeah, it changes things.
2: Uh, We work for, we're probably online and set up with about a dozen, but we actually have like five core carriers that we haul for the most, and they are, you know, they are preferred customers, and sometimes I may do things, when I give my word to something, I live up to it, and... I've taken a lot of flack, especially at CMC last spring, as you know, about living up to my word because to some people it doesn't mean much, but that's the reason those customers hire me back every time.
0: Right. Well it has you know a lot to do with relationship building. So, you know, yeah. that that that's all important. But anybody
2: I would say if you wanna do this, just realize your your license plates and your insurance are gonna be your two biggest And a lot of the insurance companies, they want a fairly sizable down payment for
1: uh,
2: insuring you. Pardon?
0: Yeah, they they definitely can ask for a big chunk. They can ask you to write a pretty big check up front. Uh, But I don't want to scare people away with that uh, because, you know, and uh, thanks, Scott. um, But I I don't want to scare people away with that. Because the costs are pretty high, but they're negligible, really. In the big picture, these upfront costs are a drop in the bucket. And it, it's it's tough when you're first getting started to scrape up all this money. Um, but once you do and you get the ball rolling, it's definitely – it has a lot of potential to, to put a lot of money on your bottom line. And then you'll forget about what it costs you to get started. You know, it it's just – it's hard to say until you've been there, but it it really – It's worth it. It really is worth it. Uh, I see a couple of great questions lined up here uh, right up my alley. Um, Mike uh, in Pennsylvania, are you there?
1: Yes, sir. Thanks for taking my call. How are you doing, sir? Great. What can I help you with? Um, You know how some people form corporations in... um, Places like Delaware, just for tax purposes. I'm just wondering, can you domicile your new company in a state where you know the insurance is going to be low? That's my that's my first question.
0: Um, yes and no. Uh, There are some rules about that. Uh, I've looked at doing this because Florida, where I'm based out of, is one of the most expensive states for insurance. The absolute best state for insurance in the country right now is the state of Maine. Um, I actually considered forming a, a an a,
1: a alien
0: corporation, a non resident corporation in a foreign corporation is what I'm gonna uh in the state of Maine. Uh or actually in New Hampshire because they also have no income tax there. But there are some rules that kind of go along with that. First of all, you would also have to register your truck there because it the State where your insurance is, is the state. Um, in other words, I couldn't use a main uh, insurance policy and still register my truck in Florida. Okay, so that adds some complications. In some play- ways, you may have to have an actual physical address there because if you, you're going to have to change your address on the FMCSA website and you're going to have to say that you, your company is based in that state. Uh, it's doable, but it is a lot more difficult. Uh, in some cases they could save you a lot of money, uh, depending on your, you know, your insurance situation. It's not necessarily, uh, advisable. And if you are doing it, you can't do it, uh, legally. You can't really do it just to save on insurance, you know, and that's kind of why they have all those other rules in place. So, uh, you can't in- get insurance in another state just for the savings of going to another state. So, you have – there are some rules, and you have to be more careful with that.
1: Okay. So, if you – if you but if you actually had somebody there who is an acquaintance, you can possibly get your tax from there. I mean, that's not a big deal, really.
0: Uh, you would have to have an actual address there uh, of some okay. sort. You would have to say that that's, that's your – that's where your business is now, you know. Um, okay.
1: And that probably has tax implications, of course, when you're filing tax and all that.
0: It absolutely does. You know, I, like I said, I looked at, you know, I'm based here in Florida, and uh, Elizabeth, you know, when we first started, was a brand-new driver. So my insurance costs were unbelievably high. I don't. I would scare people away if I told you the number, but I would have saved uh, close to $11,000 a year savings, okay, wow. if I would have... Per truck, you know, eleven thousand per truck. If I had done what you're talking about in the state of Maine, here's the thing: state okay. of Maine has an eight and a half percent income tax. So there's a lot more to it than that. You know, if I have to okay. register my business in that state, plate my truck in that state, and then once I cross the threshold of uh, it's around twenty thousand dollars, I have to pay eight and a half percent tax above that. So all of a sudden, that does away with my savings. So I looked at okay. right next door in New Hampshire. Okay. New Hampshire has no uh, income tax, but they have a, a much more difficult rules on having insurance there. I couldn't find an insurance company in that state that uh, would insure me for unlimited miles. I could only run regional if I did that. So, you know, there's a lot, there are, there's, there's an angle there, right. you know, uh, you know, Kevin at one time was talking about forming, a you know, a, moving your business to South Dakota. And I looked at South Dakota and South Dakota is not quite, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't offset the extra cost for me to do that, so I mean it's definitely worth worth looking into, and I have and i it may be something I pursue in the future but um so did that answer your question
1: where, where yeah sure yeah, thank you. Where can I find a resource to find information like that? Where can I know where the national brokers are for insurance the uh,
0: the comparison in insurance rates for the state? Where can I go okay um Trucking insurance, the liability part of trucking insurance is automotive liability. So whenever I'm looking up anything, Google is my best friend. Just go to Google and Google the best, you know, average auto liability insurance, you know, around, and that's a place to start, and that'll give you a ballpark. And then from there, you have to get some ins- uh, insurance agents on the phone from those states and ask them to get you uh, quotes from those states. Tell them you're looking at moving there. Um, you know, and again, I'm not an attorney, I'm not an accountant, I'm not any of that. Uh, so take this all with a grain of salt, you know, this is definitely, there's an angle to be looked at here, um, but you'll have to look further into the legalities of how it all works.
1: Thanks, for help, sir.
0: Okay. Uh, thanks for calling. And let me go to Joe in Florida. Joe, are you there? Joe, do we
1: have Joe? Well, Joe, I'm going to put you back on hold. It looks like you have a great question. Um,
0: Mike in Tennessee, are you there?
1: Yeah, yeah, i got
5: a question and a quick comment. Okay. question is you were touching earlier about the, uh, the uh, like I know Kentucky calls it a weight distance tax. You know, you got to right. file for your what they call their KYU number. You mentioned uh, yep. New Mexico, Oregon, and New York. I'm not plated for Oregon or New York, but I am plated for New Mexico, even though I've not touched out there yet. Do I still need to register through them, even though I'm not even running out there? I've not made it to the Okay, uh,
0: that's, that's a good question. Um, if you're never going to go there,
5: you don't ever have to register.
0: Um, and if you do go there uh, once in a while, you can actually stop. And New Mexico is one that's... Uh, Kentucky doesn't do this type of thing, uh, nor does New York. Uh, but in New Mexico, you can stop at the port of entry on your way into the state, and you'll tell them, you know, of course, where you entered, and where you're going, and where you're exiting the state, and they will calculate the miles, and they will, and you will pay the fine, or the call it a fine, but it's a fee. Uh, you pay the, the tax due for the for using their wonderful roads at the port of entry. It's a lot more expensive to do it that way. Um, But if you do it once in a while, that's the way to go. Now, I will say New Mexico is that
5: one-time shot, you know?
0: Right. Well, it's not difficult though. If you want to register with New Mexico, it's only about six dollars, I think. You do it online. You enter your uh, information on their website, and for about six bucks, you're registered. And when you come into the port of entry, you just show them that you're registered, and you're good to go. After that um, quarter. When you do your IFTA, if you didn't run any miles in that state, you log into the New Mexico website. If you owe them any money, you go ahead and enter it. If not, you just you uh, put zeros in all the categories and you move on. And it's no, no harm, no follow, done deal. Uh, it's simple and it's a lot, it saves you a lot of money if you ever do go in there, even if it's maybe once a quarter, once a month, something like that. Um, if you go in there once a year, once or twice a year, maybe you might just consider not even worrying about it because it's a little bit more hassle, Trying to file those every every quarter, but it really only takes a couple of minutes.
1: Okay. Yeah, I, I
5: had to move it over here. Yeah, pretty much. I was gonna say with technology and everything, it I kind of got thrown to the wolves on my deal, and I'm a divorced guy, and I I kind of had to hit the ground running. I was leased to a guy, and I was gonna try to get my authority and put my back holes like you were talking about earlier. And anyway, long story short, it didn't hardly work out, and it it's uh it's not for the not self-motivated type person, because if you don't pick the phone up, they're probably not going to call you. You know, it's one of those things where you have to stay at it all day, every day, and it's, I mean, it, but you know, the good thing about it is, me being a divorced guy with a kid, uh, I mean, I take my time with him seriously, and when it's my time and I get ready to go, I don't have to argue with nobody, I don't have to threaten to quit, I just go home. You know and, uh, absolutely, and and you
0: know what? You just, just said something that's too. great. You, it doesn't matter if you call them or they call you. Or if you're dealing with brokers or direct customers, uh, you know I was talking or actually with Elizabeth was uh, you're talking with a fairly new carrier that's growing fast out of Tennessee, and um, husband and wife. The wife does the orientations when they hire new owner operators, and the first thing that she said that, that she says in the orientations is, "This is not a truck driving job." This is a sales job because they dispatch themselves, so the if you know if you want to be in this industry and and this goes really if you're at any aspect of this industry, this is a sales job um you know if you're leased to a carrier uh or if you have your own authority um you know that 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 goes a long way to being successful is how how good are you at the sales tactics um, I'm gonna take another call here let's go to Jimmy in. Arkansas. Jimmy, are you there? Hey, how
1: are you doing this evening?
5: Yes, I'm here. How are you doing this evening? Uh,
1: excellent. How can I help you?
5: Okay, I have uh, one comment and a question. Let's say I uh, got my own authority, got my insurance, I'm ready to roll. I already pulled the load for for a broker. What are the payment options, you know, from the broker? Am I going to have to bill the broker, you know, uh, Quick pay, what, whatever. Can you explain that?
0: And okay. Also, yeah, that's a that's a great question.
1: What was that? You had another also, part of the question there. Yeah. Well, I have another question too, and then I'll
5: listen. Uh, can you ballpark some of these insurance numbers? I know, you know, you, every state is different, but I mean, are we talking about three thousand dollars? Are we talking about thirty? You know. All right. Thank you.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, let me just answer that insurance question first. Uh, somewhere between three and 30,000. Um, and I know that's vague, but let me, let me, let me say it this way. Uh, the first year I'm going to say, you're going to probably average. And of course, everything depends on your state driving record, uh, your history between 10 and 15,000 in your first year. They've gone up a lot lately. Uh, if you, if, your perfect driving record in the right state, you might be able to get it down as low as eight. Uh, And on the other hand of that, um, you know, uh, Elizabeth was a a brand new driver. I got her her CDL. So that put us in high risk and a new authority. And our first year, the insurance was $21,000. And of course, after the second year, you know, we, we got a huge discount on that, but you know, that shows you the spread. So, you're probably going to be in the ballpark between 10 and 15, depending on your area. So, And really, it's hard because the states are so different, and everybody's situation is so different. And, and as I said, you can get two different quotes from the same company sometimes on the same insurance. So it's, it's a difficult question to ask or to answer, but, uh, but that's the ballpark. And the, the only way to really know for sure is, Is go ahead and get those quotes. And that's why I say before you even think about applying, you should start getting quotes and see where you stand because, uh, and I think Scott mentioned, they are going to require, a lot of them require 25 to 30% down. So, uh, you know, it might take a substantial upfront cost. Um, But as for uh, what does it take, you know, getting paid upfront, that's an excellent question because, and this is something I, Uh, You know, I had pages and pages of notes not knowing how many callers I would get today and and all these different topics, but I I wanted to touch on factoring companies. Um, You know, I've been working with a lot of people lately that are are setting up their own authority, and one of the first things they ask me, you know, as if it was a requirement, is do I need to set up a factoring company? Absolutely not. I would stay away from it as long as possible um, because it's not that difficult to get paid. Some of the, the best and the biggest brokers offer quick bay options of, of as little as, you know, 48 hours, two days, they will put the money in your bank account for as low as one and a half percent. And some of the, the factoring companies charge three to five percent. So to factor those types of loads when you can already get it for one and a half percent is insane. Uh, it's just throwing money away. Um, so... If you, you need the cash flow, some of these brokers will give you a fuel advance. They may charge you a fee for that. Uh, they Most of the brokers have some type of a quick pay option. And if they don't, uh, you may be able to use that in negotiations on individual loads uh, and set your terms on these individual loads. Uh, so stay away from factoring companies as long as possible. some I, I could do a whole hour show on factoring companies. There is a... a uh, use for factoring companies, um, but they are expensive, and try not to use them. Uh, they do help you in, in if your cash flow is tight with accounts receivable, but essentially a factoring company is you're financing accounts receivable, and if it's 3% on a 30-day loan, essentially, that's 36% annual. So that's would you take out a loan from your bank at 36%? to fund your company? Most people would say, no, that would be insane. But then they could say 3%, well, that's doable. But essentially that's, you know, Kevin has talked about the time value of money. That's essentially what you're doing there. And some of them I've seen factoring companies charge five or more percent. Plus they nickel and dime you with fees for fuel advances, fees for com checks or T checks, fees for this, fees for that. And, you know,
5: it's,
0: it's a difficult, uh, a business to, to deal with. And, Billing is not that difficult when you can, uh, and I'm watching the clock wind down now. Um, I use, and this is something we'll get into more, I use QuickBooks to do my invoicing. Uh, I print out a quick invoice, and I will either scan it. Most of the brokers deal with Transflow and that. uh, Scan it or email it. um, And within your negotiations, you can talk about quick pay options. Some of them, uh, in, in your negotiation, you might even be able to waive the quick Quick pay fees, so those are all, things. and
1: uh, then also, um, you
0: know, thirty day pay. Once you get financially established, uh, it's not that difficult to to uh, to weather. In fact, I've gotten to a point now where I enjoy that. I will do two or three loads, maybe at a quick pay, so I have instant cash flow, and then. I'll do two or three loads where they pay me in 30 days. Then when I go home, I still have money coming in. Actually, it's kind of nice. So I'm watching the clock kick down, and I'm sorry for anybody that I haven't gotten to. I see there's some great questions on here. I can't believe that I had so many callers, and I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, thank you, Kevin, to uh, Kevin Rutherford and Lisa for letting me have the opportunity for this. It's been fantastic. Uh, I never expected it to go as, as you know, with this many questions and all your participation from, from the callers. Thank you all for calling in supporting me and we'll do this again, same time next week. And um, I will post uh, more about this on the various Facebook pages. Remember to check out Rico's and Chad's show uh, tomorrow, uh, rates and lanes and brokers and beyond. And thank you all very much for calling and
1: we will talk to
0: you all next week.